Hey, this is Lauren BR, and this is The Authentic Podcast. Hey everyone, I am like so, so excited for y'all to listen to this episode. I had so much fun recording it and editing it, and like I'll say in like five seconds, she literally was the most requested guest, Amy Riley. So I'm happy to please all of y'all with that, but I have to go on and say this once again because it was totally fine when we were recording, but going back and editing, there's some weird technical and sound issues, um, mostly at the beginning. Um, really not that big of a deal, but I just have to let y'all know like I am aware of them, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on because I know that happened a few episodes back, but regardless, the Lord still speaks through this episode through Amy, and um, I'm really excited for y'all to listen. Hi everyone and welcome back to Authentic. I'm your host Lauren BR and I'm so excited to welcome today's guest Amy Riley. Um, Most of my listeners are from Baton Rouge and are probably involved in Refuge so if so you probably know Amy. In fact I just was telling her this she was our most highly requested guest so I know a lot of people are going to be really excited about this episode. Um, She gave two amazing different talks at the Refuge Women's Conference this past year and I know they deeply impacted me and impacted others um, and the Lord really spoke through her and so I wanted to give y'all listening a little glimpse into that. Um, The people who couldn't go and the people who did just a little more in depth on this topic and so anyways before we get started welcome to the podcast Amy hey thanks I'm so excited you're here so before we start um and kind of get into the questions like I do with every guest just kind of give us a brief testimony before we start and also just let us know like a little bit about who you are um, before we get started okay yeah so I'm Amy Riley like Lauren said I am the wife to Andrew Riley who's the college pastor at the refuge in Baton Rouge um I grew up in Shreveport Louisiana and came to LSU as a college student with um, an English degree. That's what I was pursuing. And I actually met Andrew here um, at the refuge at LSU. And that's also where the Lord really showed me my sin and how to walk with him. So the refuge is super important to us. And we just love college students because that's where my life was changed. And Andrew's as well, but um, that's where my life was changed. So it's been such a gift and such a sweet thing to be back here um, in Baton Rouge because I feel like it's been a full circle thing where the Lord just really allowed me to take my story and my four years at LSU and how he transformed my life from death to life in those four years, and then be able to speak into the lives of girls who not only are walking through similar things, but in the exact same places, which is just really cool. So um, like I said, I've been walking with the Lord since the end of my sophomore year. Um, And we have made some moves. And um, after we've been married for almost 11 years, and now we are back in Baton Rouge. I have three kids, and they are nine, almost seven and five. And I've spent the last nine years being home with my kids and being a mama and walking through just doing ministry alongside Andrew. And that's looked different in different seasons, but it's a lot of fun to just invest in girls where I can. Um, and then my main job is just being a mama. My oldest daughter, Evelyn, just did one of those cute Mother's Day surveys that you see. Like, I don't know, I'm a mom. So all of my social media is mom stuff, but like floating around social media that's like what your mom likes and how old she is and all that kind of stuff and um she said my mom likes to read cook and take naps and she nailed it so um that's really all you need to know about me I like to read cook and take naps um and with that being said we have a really fun change coming up this next year um I've been home for nine years as a mom and I'm going to take my love for reading and my English degree that I got at LSU 
and I'm going to be teaching high school English, junior English in the fall at the Dunham School, which is a school in Baton Rouge, um, which is a lot of fun because it takes my love for English and reading and it pairs it with my love for discipling girls and puts those things together and I'm going to get to do that. So that's a big change coming up, but that's a little bit about me. That's perfect. That's really funny. I didn't know you were teaching junior year English specifically because that was my favorite year um, and like favorite class in all of high school was my junior year English class. Like I still remember it so well. So that's fun that you're going to get to do that because I don't know what it is about junior year English, but my favorite class that I've ever done. So uh, I love to hear that. My goal, like I just told Andrew this morning, I was doing some prep work and I was like, my goal is that those kids come in my class and they leave not hating English. Like I care what they learn. I do. <laughs> But I really just don't want them to hate it by the end. Um, and yeah, my high school English classes were really impactful for me. My favorite was senior English. That was my favorite class, but it had more to do with the teacher. Um, and so hopefully I'll get to be that with some of these students. No, it definitely has a lot to do with the teacher. And so I have no doubt that all your yeah. students will love you like we all do at Refuge. Uh, I hope so. But so kind of now getting into like the topic of this podcast, um, a lot of this is going to be about mental health, um, because that's also been a very requested topic. And I haven't really done an episode about that um, in a while. And so kind of before we start, um, take us through your own journey with mental health and what that's looked like in your life. Sure. So um, looking back on my life, I really do see this theme of anxiety throughout my life. I just never had a word to put with it, but it really started impacting my day-to-day -day life nine years ago when I had my oldest Evelyn. And, um, I, the way I summed it up is like throughout the last nine years, I've struggled with anxiety and I've just worried about everything, but the Bible says, don't worry about anything. And that's been a really hard tension for me of, um, how do I live this Christian life? Does that make me a bad Christian? Am I not trusting the Lord? But my brain is like yelling and screaming at me all the time that I should be worrying about anything and everything. Um, and so that's really, that's just the summary of my walk with mental health is this tension of don't worry about anything, pray about everything. And yet everything in my body isn't bad. <laughs> so how do I reconcile those two things? And so that's really, um, just to sum it up, that's in my walk with it. Yeah. Um, and very selfishly, I like struggle so much with mental health and anxiety. So this episode is going to be just as helpful to me as it is to everyone listening. Um, and so one thing I wanted to ask you about and something that um, you had talked about um, in this specific talk at women's conference was just different verses and kind of like tangible steps that you'd taken in your own life um, to overcome mental health. And so could you kind of give us those verses and those steps that you've taken? Okay, so I have three main verses that um, I've really clung to. And as I studied more about mental health, and it's funny you say that like, this will be helpful for you because when I had to prepare the breakout for women's conference um, on this, it was really helpful for me, even though I've studied this and learned a lot about it. It was really helpful for me versus what truths, what things really been helping. So, okay. My three verses is therefore with minds ready for action, be sober minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The second one is Romans 12, 2, that says, do not be conformed by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. And I, it's like, just to pause on that one, I love that so much because it is this like biblical example of 
affirming that like our minds need to be renewed. Our minds need to be made new. And why? Because so many of us have broken minds. Um, and I think that's cool that the Bible tells us like, hey, this is possible to renew your mind. Because I think often we want to separate the science of our brains and then the spiritual world. And I think that this verse affirms like, well, not really. They go hand in hand and it's possible to renew your mind and you should strive for it. And then the third verse is Philippians 4, 4 and 6, which this was actually Philippians 6 was one of my four, six, sorry. It was one of my favorite verses in high school. Um, and it's really still just rung true. And it's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. That's verse four and it skips to verse six. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Those are really good. And I really like what you said about renewing your mind um, because you talked about this obviously before at women's conference and that really stuck with me, just kind of like how the Lord calls us to pursue this sound mind. Um, how have you fought for that in your own life? And, you know, why do you think that's so important? Yeah, so for me, it started with like recognizing there was a problem and really the way that, that came about was being honest with people in my life who I knew would speak truth into my life and challenge me and call me out of anything that was sin, but also wondering like, man, I feel like I've really tried to do all the Christian things and I'm still struggling. So I just, I talked to a few people who I really trusted um, and being honest with them and told them the truth about what I was struggling with mentally um, and how it was affecting me day to day. And so one of those people was my grandmother and I'll never just, I'll never forget her telling me like, Hey, you know, that this is probably anxiety. And like, I deal with it. Your mom's dealt with it. Um, and there are things you can do to help that. And so that was really helpful for me to hear from someone else. Like, Hey, this actually has a name. You're not just fighting against this arbitrary thing or just this sin struggle. Like it has a name and there are different things that can be done to help it. And identifying it has been a huge thing in my life. So like that's how I started my journey to pursuing a sound mind. But also like, it's one of my big tools that I've used throughout the years of when I do struggle or when I do have thoughts that come into my mind that aren't of the Lord and that are anxiety, um, even just labeling it like that is anxiety speaking. That is not truth. Like that is one of the biggest tools that's helped me. Um, but also throughout the years, I've um, sought professional help, which we will talk about more, I think, later on in the podcast. Um and I've read several books that I've loved and I've memorized scripture um, and just continue to be honest and share my thoughts. And another key thing that I've done is have one person in my life, which for me was Andrew um, and still is Andrew, but that has been just such a huge thing. Um, just another place where the Bible speaks into something so practically that when it's in my mindset, it has such power over it. But when I just speak it, when I just tell Andrew, like, let me tell you my crazy thought I had today. And I tell him it loses so much power. So just um, to grow and pursue a sound mind. Yeah, that's really good because I think a lot of the times we'll just like let the anxiety like fester and then just like not tell anyone about it, not talk about it and not identify it. And so I feel like that's really good for listeners to hear is like, first of all, like it probably is anxiety if you're having these consuming thoughts and then also telling people about it. Cause I feel like at least a lot of my friends I know, we just like like to keep it all like bottled up inside. Yes. I mean, oh my goodness gracious, Lauren, like 
there are so many things that I think I could never tell someone this, like, this sounds crazy. Like rationally, I know that this fear or whatever it is that's causing me anxiety, like this is ridiculous. Or I feel like I'm not trusting the Lord with this, or they're going to think X, Y, Z about me. I can't tell them this. And I think that that's just such a lie from Satan where he wants to keep us in bondage to that sin. And just a little side note, you're going to hear me go back and forth talking about like, man, this is something my brain is doing. And then you're going to hear me call it a sin. Um, and I, just to distinguish, I think that anxiety or mental health in general is a both and. I think that um, for myself, I have chemistry in my brain that's off, which makes me prone to anxiety. But then the Lord tells me to pursue a sound mind. So when I sit and dwell on that anxiety and I I do not pursue the peace of Christ. That's where that sin comes in. So I think it's a both and thing. And I just wanted to clarify that because you're going to notice me going back and forth. And I don't want you walking away being like, well, Amy said it's a sin that I have anxiety. Or she said that it's totally fine. And it's just how my brain works. It's a both and. I think we should be pursuing the peace of Christ and pursuing a sound mind, but also recognizing that there may be more to it than that. That's really good. I like that you brought that up because I think, that will help people understand it better. And honestly, it helped me because I've never heard it described in that way. So I'm glad that you added that in there. Um, okay. But people listening might be like a sound mind. Like, what is that? I'm confused because I guess it can make sense. But to others, it might be kind of an abstract concept. So can you kind of put yeah. in your own words what that is? Yeah. And if you if it's an abstract concept to you, like you are not alone, because when I was preparing to speak at women's conference, um, someone asked me that, like, what's a sound mind? I'm like, I don't know. It just is. And I kind of realized I didn't realize exactly what it meant either. Um, so if you don't know, don't worry. I didn't know either. Um, but I'm going to go back to first Peter one and it says, therefore with minds ready for action, be sober minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So that phrase, sober-mindedness, I'm using that definition for sound mind. Um, and so if you look at that phrase, sober-minded, um, it's actually um, the Greek word, sophronio, which is a compound word. So here's that English teacher coming out in me. So a compound word is two words put together. So you've got the Greek word, sadzo, which means to be saved or delivered. And then you've got um, the Greek word phreneo, which carries the idea of a person's intelligence or total frame of thinking, um, including his rationale, logic, and emotions. So when you put sadzo and, fren and phreneo together, you get sophroneo. And um, this is this picture of a mind that is saved, delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, and protected, and is now safe and secure. And so... When I say sound mind, I am talking about a mind that was once broken or once needing rescue um, and has now been delivered and rescued and made safe and secure. And so when I think about my mind and my struggle with mental health, it is often the opposite of safe and secure. So a sound mind is a mind delivered or a mind that's been made safe and secure. That's really good. And that kind of helps even me be like, okay, this is what I'm striving for. And this makes sense. Um, yeah. And so I feel like a lot of times I always blame social media, but especially in the world today, there's just so many things that we can like dwell on and become overly consumed by. So how have you kind of made sure to dwell on things that are honoring to God and that hope you have the sound mind and not be, you know, just overly consumed by the world? Because at least for me, when I struggle with anxiety, I feel like it's hard for me to just 
focus on having that sound mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's funny you say social media, that is a huge trigger for me with my anxiety and my fears because social media just exposes you to so many, either what ifs I, my anxiety really circles a lot around like what ifs, but then also if it's like social anxiety or comparison and anxiety about measuring up or being perfect, well, social media is going to trigger that in the same way. And so I really guard the content that I consume. Um, if I am scrolling and I come across something that piques my anxiety, I unfollow that account. Um, if I see a topic that comes up, I will flag it as like, don't show me topics on this again. Social media has a lot of downfalls, but one of the things that's great about it is you can filter what you see. And so I'm really careful about that. Um, I also do not Google anything that's related to my fears and anxieties. So if your anxiety is like fear-based, well, don't Google those things. Don't Google symptoms, et cetera, because they're going to pop up on your social media if you do. Um, and so I'm just really careful about my social media and the content that I consume. And in seasons where I'm really struggling, because my anxiety, it comes in seasons. And so in seasons where I'm really struggling, I'll even take social media off my phone. And so I'm not tempted to scroll and come across something. Um, I'm also really careful about like podcasts that I listen to, um, cause I'm a big true crime fan and I like to listen to true crime things. And there are definitely seasons where I cannot do that. And I have to be really careful about what I put into my mind. And so that's one thing that I do. And then something else, and this seems really simple, but it's really made a big difference is when I have a thought, like I told you earlier, I'll ask myself, is, is this anxiety? And oftentimes it is, and I can identify it. And once you identify it and you say like, come on, Satan, like that is clearly something that's not true. That's anxiety that removes a lot of its power. And then also following that up with like, is this thought true? Is this true? Is this true of me? Is this true of my circumstance? Is this true of others? Whatever you're fearing or whatever your social, whatever your um, mental health circles around, is this true? And then follow that up with, well, what do I know to be true about this? And that often removes a lot of that power of those thoughts as well. That's really good. And something that I've tried to do also is like taking the thoughts captive, like the Bible tells us. I know you talked about this book a little bit before, but I'm starting to read Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. Yeah. It's been so helpful with being like, we can really control our mind. Like the Bible tells us that we can. Um, and it seemed like something to me that was like so difficult and impossible, but obviously with the Lord, nothing is impossible. Um, but like we've been saying, just like identifying those thoughts and being like, this isn't true, um, has been really helpful for me. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, and people will be able to hear that. Yeah. That book by Jenny Allen, that really empowered me so much to realize, um, that I could take my thoughts captive. You know, that's such, that's a Bible verse and it's, such like this Christian idea and it sounds really good, but when you wonder like, well, what does that actually mean? Um, she mentions in the book at the very beginning of the book, this really simple thing. She talks about the spiral of our thoughts and how often our thoughts will just totally spiral out of control um, and how we can interrupt it with this one thought of like, I have a choice here. Like I can choose whether to dwell on this or to not. And um I'm like, I have this very distinct memory of being in Home Depot with my whole entire family and starting to spiral and literally just in the middle of an aisle verbally saying, which people would probably think I was crazy if they heard me, I have a choice. I can choose to think on this or not. And 
that it it lost its power in my mind and so that book I highly recommend it it's fantastic and um yeah that was a tool that's really 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 helped me over the years so I've been really liking it so far and every night before I go to bed and I get to read it I get so excited I'm like what am I gonna learn today so it's been really awesome yeah Um, I've actually read it twice (laughs) and I keep it by my bed because I have no doubt I will need to revisit it soon I love that. Um, well, one way, at least for me, that sometimes my mental health issues kind of take over more than normal is when I'm not, you know, spending as much time with the Lord, which obviously that makes sense where that would happen. But um, I know another thing you talked about at women's conference was um, pursuing the Lord, even when you don't feel like it, which I feel like is a huge thing. And also the thing that really isn't talked about very much. Um, but um, it was really impactful that you talked about it um, back in February. So what are some ways that you were able to pursue Jesus even when you didn't necessarily feel like it? Yeah. So just to preface this, like you're going to go through seasons where you don't feel like pursuing Jesus. And it might be because of your mental health. Um, it may be because of circumstances. You may have no idea why you don't feel like pursuing Jesus, but if you have not gone through them yet, you will. And if you have gone through them, know that you're not alone in that. Like I'm a pastor's wife telling you that I go through these seasons. And so you're not alone in it. Um, But yeah, I actually went through a season like this recently. And my habits that I developed before I went through this season are really what helped me get through it and still pursue the Lord when I didn't feel like it. Um, And that's, that's the key. So I can't tell you like, Hey, when you feel like, when you don't feel like it, here's how to fix it. I, I I will give you some like steps or things you can do. But the main thing is when you don't wait, like, when you do feel like it, build those habits so that when you don't feel like it, they're there and they're in place. Um, and I use the verse about, let me pull it up. Um, I use the verse about the wise man who built his house on the rock. And um, let me see if I can just like grab it so quick to tell it to you. Um, because, hold on. Oh, here we are. Okay. Matthew 7, 24 through 25 says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. And so I love that we see this image of the wise man and he built his firm foundation before the storms came. And so that's really what I want you to hear me say is that it's important that you are pursuing a relationship with the Lord every single day. And you're building up habits um, that give you a firm foundation. So when you don't feel like pursuing the Lord, it's there. So a couple of things that you can do is get in the habit of reading your Bible daily. Um, You can do that just by opening your Bible, picking something to read. You can do it with a friend, which I totally encourage um, having a friend or a group of people that you go through it with, whether that's a community group or a discipleship group, or just you and a friend who are doing it, I don't know, over Zoom um, during the summer. Um, You can do um, the Daily Grace Code. They have a read the Bible through the year. Um, I've also heard of something called, oh, is it? Oh, I probably shouldn't even mention it because I don't know for sure, but it's like, five minutes a day or something like that. Oh, Bible recap. I think that's what it's called. Daily Bible recap. And so that's something else. There's just so many great, um, there's so many great resources available online that you can use to just get in the word. So just get in the habit of doing that every day, make a cozy place in your room or in your dorm or wherever you are, um, that you look forward to light your favorite candle, get a cozy blanket, um, set up a routine that you look forward to and you learn to crave. Um, 
and get those habits before you go through a season where you don't feel like pursuing the Lord. That would be the main thing that I would encourage you to do because when I just went through a season recently where it was so hard, I did not want to pursue the Lord. I didn't really want to do anything in that season. Um, but I daily woke up and opened my Bible because that's just what I did. Um, that's what I have done for years. And so I did it and I know that, um, he is worthy of me pursuing him. He desires for me to pursue him, even when I don't feel like it. Um, and so I continue to do that and it's worth it. Um, and leaning into Jesus when you do feel like it, um, will help you to lean into Jesus when you don't feel like it. Does that make sense? No, yes, definitely. That's all really good. And I've been recently just learning about the importance of habits and like spiritual yeah. disciplines. Um, and I feel like just with becoming older and like being a Christian for a little bit longer um, and having my faith be my own, it's just, I'm just now realizing how important those habits are. Um, yeah. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Good. Um, so one thing that I wanted to ask you about, was it sort of difficult to reconcile the idea that you didn't want to spend time with the Lord? And I don't know, I feel like people can get kind of embarrassed to admit this. And so kind of how did you feel? And then also, what was it like when you sort of confess this to people out loud? Because I know a lot of people just feel kind of ashamed um, that they don't want to spend time with the Lord. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I distinctly remember the first time that I went through one of these seasons as a young adult. Um, like I mentioned at the very beginning, I really realized that I needed to make my faith my own and I needed to pursue the Lord and I needed him in my life at the end of my sophomore year and the summer between my junior and senior year I went on a summer project with crew and I remember that whole summer I felt so disconnected from God and I did not want to pursue him I didn't feel like I was getting anything, anything out of my quiet times and it scared me honestly like it really caused me to question like oh my goodness am I saved like why does God seem so far away what's going on in my heart am I ever gonna want to pursue the Lord again and it really freaked me out. Um, and so what I've learned since then is like seasons like this are going to come, but they're also going to go. Um, it's just part of the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world. We see it in the very beginning in the garden where Adam hides from God, but we also see that God pursues him even when he's hiding. And so just knowing that now I know when I go through seasons like this, that we don't need to just sit in these seasons. Like we need to keep pursuing the Lord and know that he's pursuing us and know that those times will be fruitful if we just continue to lean into him, but also know that it's normal. Um, they don't scare me like they used to, um, but I do tell my friends. So I have a close, close group of friends that when I go through seasons like this, I just tell them, I say, Hey guys, like, can you pray for me? Because I am just in a funk and I'm going through a season where I just don't feel like being in the word. I feel far from the Lord. Like, can you pray for me in that? Um, and it's a lot easier to do that when you know that like, A, you have people who are going to pray for you. They're not going to judge you. And you know that it's normal and that they've probably gone through those seasons um, before or they will go through them. And so just asking for prayer um, and then sometimes asking for accountability, like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Can you hold me accountable? Can you ask me what I learned in the word? Um, or hold on, the dog is eating cake off the counter. Yeah. <laughs> He's so bad. We have a gigantic golden doodle and he jumps up on the counter and gets food that's on the counter. <laughs> He's eating cake. Weasley, come here. Come His name is Weasley. Um, anyway, so having those friends is so important um, that you can go to or having someone who disciples you that you can be honest with and just know that um, there's nothing that you can tell them 
that is either going to surprise them or that they're not going to walk through at some point. And so if they haven't already, so that's what I would say, just know it's normal. Um, know that it's worth pursuing getting out of those funks in those times. Um, and just being really honest with people in your life to pray for you and to, um, also hold you accountable. Yeah. Well, and especially, um, like being involved in refuge the past three years, I've really learned that importance of um, community and accountability and confession, which has been really cool. And I also like what you said of like, the Lord still pursued Adam and like still keeps pursuing you, which I think is just so sweet. Like obviously the Lord never gives up on you. And so I think that's been really encouraging to me when I've gone through funks is like, the Lord still loves me and he still wants a relationship with me. Um, I feel like sometimes in this broken world, we can trick ourselves into thinking, well, since I haven't wanted to pursue the Lord, I'm sure he's like, doesn't want to pursue me. He doesn't like me anymore. He hates me, but like, obviously that's not the case. So reminding myself of that has been really helpful when I've gone through a season like this too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so kind of bringing it full circle back to mental health, um, have you personally seen your mental health increase when you've been in this constant communion with the Lord, which I'm sure I know what your answer is. Um, but I just kind of wanted to hear you talk about it. I don't know. I feel like my answer might surprise you. (laughs) I don't know. Um, you know, this one's really hard for me because there have been seasons where, especially in the beginning of my struggle with mental health, where I memorized scripture and I prayed and I was in the word and it wasn't getting better. And the first time I really dealt with this and really struggled and was in a really dark spot, it didn't only not get better, it got worse. And that was really frustrating because I was like, man, I'm memorizing scripture. I'm praying. I'm trying to trust the Lord. I'm doing all the Christian things and it's not helping. And so I'll say like in those seasons, I needed to pursue also the medical side of what was going on in my mind. And so that's where medicine came into play and counseling came into play. And then when I am taking my medicine consistently and I am going to counseling, which I, I need to just be honest. I haven't gone to counseling in a long time. And I was just telling one of the girls I disciple that I need to go back. So you can hold me accountable to that because I really should go back. Um, but whenever I'm doing that, then it frees me up to pursue the Lord clearly and to look at his word and see what he says and to see his truth and to memorize scripture. And so I guess my answer would be when I am on my medicine, it frees me up to what the Lord said. It's a both and thing. So it's hard, Lauren, because I think that so many people, they do want the answer to communication with him. My mental health is better, but I hope that it frees people up when they hear that, like, yes, pursue the Lord. Like that is part of a pursuit of a sound mind. He is peace. He wants us to experience him in that way. But if you find, and I I say actually kind of start there, start there. Cause for a lot of you simply like focusing on what is true and right and good and noble and just and worthy and like doing that 
for a lot of you, that's going so much with mental health that like, you're not going to need to get on medicine. Do not hear me say everyone needs to get on medicine. Like that's not true for a lot of you. Like, it is going to be a matter of just repenting from the sin of not trusting the Lord or repenting from not looking at like the joy and the blessings in your life. And then focusing on him and being thankful and everything and presenting your request before him. Like for a lot of you, that's going to be all it takes. And I say all it takes. I mean, it's a lot of work, but for some of you, that's going to be it. But for some of you, if you are like me, there may be more going on in your body and in your mind. And if you were to pursue medicine or you were to pursue counseling, it does this really cool thing where it like levels out your mind. So then you can pursue the Lord. And I remember the first time I got on medicine, I felt like so defeated or like I wasn't a good Christian or I wasn't trusting the Lord. But what I found was it let me, like it allowed me, it gave me the brain space to pursue the Lord. It gave me the brain space to say, Lord, what do you say about this? Like, I want to trust you. It gave me the brain space to take my thoughts captive so that instead of obsessing over a thought, I'm able to say, Hey, I have a choice. I can choose to trust the Lord in this. I know that this isn't truth. I know that what the Lord says is fill in the blank. And so I don't know. I feel like, um, my answer would be that for me personally, when I am on my medicine, yes, when I am constantly in communion with the Lord and I'm constantly studying what he says, yeah, it does help me. But for me personally, when I'm not on my medicine, it doesn't always help because I've got two things going on in my brain. I have got this spiritual battle where the Lord, where Satan wants to convince me of things that aren't true and he wants to get me away from trusting the Lord. But I also have a physical battle as well going on um, that Satan plays on, like he totally uses those weaknesses in my life. So when I'm on my medicine, he doesn't have as much power over those weaknesses. That is a really good answer. Um, and I can relate to that a lot too, because I take medicine and go to counseling. And obviously I agree, like not everyone needs to do that, but I do think, um, and I know I talked to people about this after you spoke about counseling and medicine at women's conference, but girls were like, okay, wow. I haven't heard that many people in church kind of explain that. Like it is like, I don't know all the details because I'm bad at explaining this, but like a chemical imbalance in your yeah. brain kind of thing. And so sometimes you do need to take medicine to be able to more clearly um, fight those, um, that sin of anxiety. And so yeah. um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I also go to counseling and take yeah. medicine and have definitely seen the fruit of that um, in my life. Absolutely. And that's what like, when I was asked to do the mental health breakout for women's conference, honestly, I said no at first because it scared the mess out of me. I was like, oh my gosh, no, I'm not touching that because people have such strong opinions on medicine or no medicine or is it a sin? Is it not a sin? Um, and I really struggled with the idea of like putting my opinion out there. And even for the podcast, I was like, oh man, like that's really out there. That's out there, out there. Anybody can hear this. Um but, you know, the more I looked at what the Bible says, like the Lord tells us to pursue a sound mind. He tells us to renew our mind. And so I think that we should be doing that. And if we're not doing that, then we're not being obedient to the Lord. And I think that's where the sin comes in. And right around that time where Emily asked me to do, Emily um, Fletcher at the refuge, when she asked me to do the mental health breakout, um, I had been off my medicine for a while and I really didn't want to go get it refilled, but I was really struggling. And Andrew asked me, Andrew, so like the pastor at the church asked me, he said, do you think it's disobedient for you to not take your medicine? Like the Lord tells you to be of sober mind. He tells you to like, do not be anxious about anything. So when you're not taking your medicine and you like refuse to go pick it up, 
do you think that's disobedient because you're not pursuing a sound mind in every way that you can? And I was like, shoot, gosh, dang it. Like probably. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I, I don't know if it's a popular opinion or an unpopular opinion, but it's just not talked about enough. And so I had people come up to me after women's conference and be like, thank you for being honest that you as like a pastor's wife struggle and that you are on medicine. And like, honestly, like that's just the Lord, because in the beginning I was really ashamed of it and I was really embarrassed and I didn't want to talk about it because there is such a stigma about it. And it still scares me to talk about because I'm always scared. I'm going to say the wrong thing or someone's going to get really angry because people get really angry about this topic, but I do know where the Lord has freed me from that shame and where he's um, just given me his peace and how I've pursued peace and experienced him in that way. So if me sharing my experience helps, like I'm more than happy to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so vulnerable about that. And I know that the Lord will use this because obviously he's God and he had you say those words for a reason. So I'm excited to hear um, about how he, you know, uses that specific um, even question that I asked, but before we kind of wrap up, because we talked about so much. Um, and yeah. I'm so excited for people to listen to this just because like I said, I haven't done a topic like this in a while since actually with Emily Fletcher, like a year ago. Oh. So, um, I'm really excited for kind of, especially as people are in summer to kind of, um, have more time to focus on, um, you know, having a sound mind, yeah. but, um, just, do you have any overall advice for people struggling with mental health issues and just anything you didn't get to say that you kind of want to talk about before we wrap up? I mean, just to wrap it up, I would say that we are called to pursue a sound mind and it's totally possible. We see it in science and we see it in the Bible that it's possible to renew our minds. Um, But just a note that we're not called to perfect it. Like we are called to pursue righteousness and be like Christ. But obviously this side of heaven, like we are not going to perfect righteousness. We're not going to perfect our sound minds. Like that isn't going to happen. Could the Lord heal us from our anxiety? Like he certainly can, but on our own, like we're just called to pursue it. And so don't hear me say that if you don't perfect a sound mind, then you're doing it all wrong. I still struggle with anxiety. I still get through really, really hard seasons. Um, but I'm just pursuing a sound mind. I want to be more like Christ and Christ is peace. And so I want to be more like that. Um, so pursue it. Don't, don't expect to perfect it. Um, and also you're not alone in the struggle. So, um, you're not alone. It doesn't make you a bad person. Um, if no one else tells you, I'll tell you, I struggle with it. And if you are in Baton Rouge, I would love to meet with you. And so that's just a side note. Like I've gotten to have some really sweet conversations with girls after, um, women's conference who maybe haven't talked to someone about it or felt like they couldn't, uh, or just had never heard someone in the church say they struggle with it, which blows my mind because, oh my goodness, so many people do. <laughs> and so if you do want to talk about it, like I can always do that too. I'm always happy to do that. That is just the sweetest note to end on. And I'm really excited for people to hear this episode, especially like you said, since some people just didn't even know that other people struggle with anxiety. I know my mom growing up thought she was literally the only person (laughs) that struggled with it, which just blows my mind um, that she even thought that. But um, before we officially wrap up, could you just pray over everyone um, listening, you know, especially those who may have these mental health um, struggles? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Lord, thank you for Lauren and what she's doing for this podcast and just the ways that you've used her and her voice, God. I pray that anything I said today that's not of you will just be removed from the minds of these girls listening, Lord. But God, the ways that you have just shown me yourself and your peace, I pray that you reveal yourself to them in that way. Um, I pray that you convict them of the sin of not trusting you, Lord. 
Um, but also remind them that you are so gracious and that you love us and that you just desire peace for us because that's who you are and you are good and you desire good for us, Lord. So I pray that um, girls rest in that and rest in your grace, but also they strive to pursue you. And through that, they strive to pursue a sound mind, God. I pray that you free them of the shame and the stigma that surrounds mental health, that you free them of just the the shackles that Satan has put in their mind, Lord, and where he has gotten com complete control of their thoughts, Lord. I pray that you free them from that and that you break those chains, Lord, and that they are able to see truth and see it clearly. And I pray for people to be put into these girls' lives who they can speak to and who they can be held accountable, who they can be encouraged by, Lord. Um, and I just thank you for this time and letting me share what you've done in my life. Thank you and just praise you for how you have Breed me in so many ways in the ways that you're going to continue to make me like you, Lord. We just praise you and thank you for this day. Amen. Amen. Um, thanks everyone for listening. And seriously, if you're in Baton Rouge, you should definitely reach out to Amy because she is the best. And I'm sure many other people will second me on that. Um, but thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, Amy. for sure. Thanks for asking me. Thanks so much. Of course. Um, and everyone, y'all will hear from me next episode. So bye. Bye. Thank y'all so much for listening to this week's episode. I highly, highly encourage you to reach out to Amy if you're in the Baton Rouge area because she's just a great resource and would be someone great to talk to about all things mental health. Um, you can also reach out to me as well. I'm obviously not as wise as Amy since I'm still a little bit younger, but this is something that I've struggled with too. And so definitely praying for all of y'all listening and also just want you to know that you're not alone when it comes to mental health. So just wanted to give that little statement in the end of this episode as well as I'll have a few resources kind of posted on Instagram. Obviously, the Bible and prayer is go-to, but some books and some podcasts and some things. So I hope that those are helpful to y'all and see y'all next episode.